out the corner of my eye, I saw a pretty little thing approaching me. She said, I never seen a man who looks so all alone. Could you use a little company? Hour one is down, hour two now on the airwaves of WRSU FM New Brunswick, the Thursday crew on 887 FM. We're also online at WRSU.org. Hello there, welcome aboard, one hour down, under one hour now to go, 58 minutes or so in the second half of our Thursday show. Dave Palumbo, Jake Maystell, Alec Krauthamel, Pete Cudahy, I'm Alex Carbonati. Gentlemen, Rutgers baseball, big series this weekend, Big Ten action, they're kicking off against against Michigan State this weekend at Baton Field. Rutgers men's lacrosse at Johns Hopkins, Rutgers women's lacrosse. At Johns Hopkins this Saturday down in Maryland. Both teams, no wins thus far in Big Ten play. The women are 0-2 to begin Big Ten action this year. The men coming off a tough loss at Columbus versus Ohio State last weekend. So those bo- both of, of those, those, those lacrosse teams back and forth so far. Two tough losses for them as of late. Both winless so far in conference play. And for baseball... They're kicking off Big Ten play this weekend in a very important uh, Big Ten series to begin the in-conference action. They'll host Michigan State tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll have coverage of all three games. We will not have coverage of Rutgers out at Johns Hopkins. You, 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 you can find that stuff out on Big Ten Plus and on ESPNU. So, anyway, we'll get right to it, gentlemen. And let, let, let's start with this baseball team because we had the game covered yesterday. Ugly start, down 7 nothing to NJIT, who coming in had five wins on the year, eight straight losses. Rutgers coming in, uh, lost three to UConn. They were swept. Before that sweep, eight of nine wins and six of seven down in Georgia in a very, very successful road trip. But this past weekend wasn't great, and yesterday they were down 7 nothing. They had to play a comeback to win 9-7 altogether against an NJIT team they should have won by at least five or more. So, look, it's a really back-and-forth week so far, but they have a chance to make up for all of it with a big, strong performance if they can do that versus Michigan State this weekend in Piscataway. Well, I'll start. Uh, I think one of the important things about this series is that it's going to be played at Baton Field at home for the Scarlet Knights. And one, the, the reason that's important is that so far in the season, I know it's only been four games at Baton Field so far this year. Yeah. But they won all four of them, sure. which is pretty big. So clearly they are feeling good playing on their on their home turf with the new video board, new overhead lights right. that they haven't really had to use very much yet. Um but it, it is a big series uh, going in going into tomorrow's game against Michigan State. Michigan State comes in with a record of fourteen and eight. They're two and one in conference play so far. They've already started with some conference opponents. And they played who? Remind me. Uh, their conference opponents. Yes. They've played Michigan. Okay. They have, and they played two. They played three games against Purdue. Uh, that one of. They were supposed to play four, but one of them. Oh no, wait. That that one was just postponed. Never okay. Mind. I I just can't read. Uh, so yeah, I mean they 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 they're coming in here off a win against at, at Western Michigan, um, and they're, they're on they're on a bit of a hot streak. They've won three in a row, and they've won like six of their last seven games. So they. It Rutgers is definitely going to have a tough test starting tomorrow, going mm-hmm. through Sunday. But I think I think playing with house money, they'll be they'll be able to grind out at least two wins against Michigan State to win the series. Yeah, uh, I think 
going over some of the players to look look for in this game for in this series for Rutgers. Definitely Cameron Love, yeah, who has been absolutely mashing the baseball so far this season. He's been incredible. Like nothing we've seen from him before. He's batting well over three hundred too. No also, errors in the infield too this year. Also look for the freshman Trevor Cohen, who's also been hitting the cover off the baseball. Cooled down a little bit as of late, but still hitting really well. Uh, Ryan Lasca is starting to pick it up a little bit, so definitely look at him. Also, let's keep an eye out for Evan Slight. He's been hitting well, but he did injure his shoulder the other day against what was it, Lafayette? That was last week. Yeah. Yeah, last yeah, week shoulder- against Lafayette. He- Supposedly good by now. Definitely, definitely good. Homer yesterday. Yeah, Slice he, looked really good. Yeah, he clobbered a bomb. Yesterday. He clobbered a bomb yesterday. And if you're talking about players to look out for, I mean, you have to mention Max Martin, sure. who's had th- two homers in the last three games, mm-hmm. and he started really slow. He's a freshman. He's super raw. A ton of talent, though. He's looked really good the last week or so. Look, I mean, this this offense has been solid in many facets. It's won them a lot of games. Questionable though, we can say, especially yesterday, was the pitching and. With this pitching incoming this weekend, it's really going to be important how they start. Now, their main guys will go Drew Conover, Christian Coppola, Jake Marshall. And it didn't look too pretty for them out in UConn last weekend. Dave, for you, you know, this is a big series again. Like we've talked about, Big Ten player kicking off. You can't have any pitching woes to kick off this series. What's the game plan pitching-wise? How can Conover, Coppola, and Marshall stand out against the Spartans this weekend? Well, Coppola's a true freshman. It's going to be his first time ever playing another Big Ten opponent. Opponent, yeah. And it's going to be at home. So, I mean, I'm really interested, looking forward to that game. That, that game on Saturday might get rained out, or it might be the first time we get to see these it new, might rain new tomorrow lights. Too. It might, but I think, th- I think they're going to get the game in tomorrow. But I Saturday, hope. they're either just going to move it back to Sunday, or it's going to be like a late night Saturday game in which we'll get to see the lights, which could be really cool. But yeah, the starters have been a little shaky. Obviously, the, the offense was amazing last year. We expected it to be really good against, again this year, but yeah. even bigger than that. I think just losing Stanovich is such a big problem. They oh, don't sure. really, they don't have someone that they completely rely on now. They like Gorski a lot, but he's not really like the guy. So they don't really have a true closer, and that's kind of bitten them too. Because mm-hmm. the first game that we went to extras against UConn, they lost. But then the second two, they were leading in both of them and ended up kind of choking yeah. away. So yeah, their starters have kind of looked shaky, but the bullpen hasn't been too good either. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, that's been the key. And yesterday alone, Cinebaldi got the start, did not look good. Three of the four runs he gave up were unearned. Wyatt Parliament came in a relief, gave up back-to-back jacks. Uh, they were down 7 nothing, just like that. And then the offense had to play catch-up to bail out the pitching, basically, to win by two against an NJIT team. They really should, should have just clobbered yesterday. Yeah, it was a bunch of bombs. Brito hit a bomb, Slate hit a bomb, yeah. Martin hit a bomb, but... Um, I do want to, because kind of ripped the bullpen there a little bit, but Portnoy looked really good he yesterday. Um, someone else came in and looked pretty good, too. He's been the bright spark, though, yeah, so far. He was, a, he was a freshman last year. He looked really good. He's a side, sidewinder pitcher. Someone else came in and looked good. Medunio pitched pretty well t- yesterday, too. Um, he was a starter for Indiana last year yep. and didn't have an amazing year, but he, he torched Rutgers last year. I remember doing that game. Um, and then, yeah, he came out of the pen yesterday and looked – pretty good too so yeah shout out to both of them they looked pretty good but yeah they don't have that true closer which they did have last year 
which was awesome. Sanovich was amazing last year. And, you know, that's something they're, they've they, they've missed this year. And really really the past two years they've been missing a lot of pitching. Harry uh, Rakowski graduated two years ago. They had Nathan Florence last year. He moved on. Brian Fitzpatrick, he moved on. Stanovich, of course, he moved on. So, you know, they've lost a lot of key pitchers, Alec, in this, you know, rotation the past few years. And these young guys, they're throwing them in there. And not just throwing them in there, okay, just, just, just do it and we'll see what happens. But they're, you know, they're, they're putting them in pressure moments that they haven't really gone through yet. And that's not intentional. But the point is, is that, you know, they're going to have to build upon these things. And it's going to take time. We all get that completely. But in some cases where you're playing teams you should be beating already, you should have wins against this team, that team, what have you. Wednesday was a great example. You know, you can't, you you can't risk that in Big Ten play. And that's why you have these out-of-conference games during the week to build up these young guys, have them collected, calm, cooled, whatever, to make sure they're good to go for the big guns, like a Michigan State, a Maryland, a Michigan, uh, you know, Penn State, whoever else you want to name. Because following Michigan State, they've got one game this, uh, this, uh, th- th- this upcoming Tuesday. They have a weekend trip next week to Maryland. And then the weekend after that, they're playing Michigan here. And Michigan beat Rutgers for the, for the Big Ten title one year ago out in Omaha. So, that's a pretty rough Big Ten beginning for this team against, like Jake said, a Michigan team that's 14-8, and eight, I believe. You have Maryland, who made the national tournament last year, hosted a regional. You had Michigan, who won the Big Ten title and also made the national tournament because of that. It's going to be a really, really challenging Big Ten way to start the year, but they have to take two of these three series, and you especially have to start strong against the Spartans, no matter at whatever cost, whether... Coppola's a freshman, Conover's there new, Marshall there new, you know, because these three pitchers are all new to Rutgers, they really have to stand out in a big moment in the heart of your season to kick off. Yeah, I mean, this is just, this is kind of just how the baseball season goes, you know. They they have definitely upped their, you know, their strength of schedule uh, from last year. Um, they, they took some bad losses last year, teams they probably should have beaten, but they definitely upped it this year. I mean, they absolutely, they, they beat Marshall, or not Marshall, uh, they beat Mercer uh, in Two two out of the three games a couple weekends ago, uh, they beat Kennesaw State five four in uh, down there and also swept Georgia Southern. I mean these are good teams from down south, yeah. um, so it's important to take care of business there. Ryder's been a solid team this year. They got to win against Lafayette, losing to UConn uh, all three games up in stores is tough, uh, but they got the win against NGIT and yeah they didn't look great but they got the win. So it's gonna be key to see how this team does coming up. And I agree with everything that uh, that all of you guys have said so far that in the bullpen. They're still working themselves out. Yeah. So it remains to be seen how that goes. But uh, I'm confident that this team can turn it around. The, the offense has been there uh, pretty consistently, so I'm not too worried about them. They've had performers all over the place. Uh, like you guys mentioned, Max Martin, Evan Slate, yeah. uh, Ryan Lasko, guys like that. So yeah. I, I'm confident that they'll keep up uh, playing pretty well. So and yeah, this team, big stretch coming up. And this team and the past two years, and you've seen it this year too, You know they've been 4-0 so far at home. They're always much better on the road. It's very interesting for this team. And again, you know, they have a good home record. They're good at home. Sometimes they're a little back and forth. They have to play comeback. So far, they're 4-0, like Jake mentioned, at Baton Field. But on the road, they play so much better with the pressure against them, with the fans against them, on the road, not in their home environments. For some reason, they do it so well. And you saw that on that great road trip during spring break, uh, break in Georgia. 
You sweep Georgia Southern. You take six of seven altogether. And Georgia, Georgia Southern's no joke. Georgia Southern hosted a regional last year in the national tournament. And with that regional, you know, Georgia Southern really proved to be how good they were last year. And when Rutgers goes in there and wipes them out of their own building and they throw a no-hitter to close the, you know, the, uh, the sweep out of it, the first no-hitter Rutgers threw since 1978, that says a lot about what this team can do on the road. Now, that kind of gives you hope when they play Maryland and some of the others on the road at, you know, in the Big Ten, they, they they play Northwestern in Chicago. They play Minnesota later in the season on the road. So that gives you hope away from Batonfield. But the main thing is that you got to win these home games in Big Ten play. And last year, they weren't bad at home in Big Ten play, but against the likes of Iowa and some other Big Ten foes, they weren't able to get it done. Maryland, too. Yeah, Iowa was bad. They lost two or three, and then Maryland. Maryland was a really good team last year, but um, they were. But but they still lost two out of three on their home. On their home I understand, uh, but they also played, just if you're looking at the whole season and the whole Big Ten season last year, they had a 15-game win streak at one point. They did. I so, did. I mean, they completely defended the home turf and the home field, whatever you want to call it, baseball terms. But, sure. yeah, I'm I'm excited for Big Ten play to start. And all those UConn games, yes, they got swept, but the first one went to extras, and then the second two, they were right in there for both of them down to the last couple of innings when the bullpen kind of sold. But... Still figuring it out, like Alex said. I think the bullpen will be fine. I mean, they have they have some they have studs. They have dudes again. They you know, have I dudes. love dudes. They have dudes. They've Lieutenant got guys. loves dudes. They have dudes, bro. They have dudes. Like right. how, how much do you love dudes, Lieutenant? Okay, you shouldn't have asked that, bro. Lieutenant, no, I'm, 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 I, I don't. I just mean in general. That's too far. We'll we'll go back to Rucker stuff in a second, but <laughs> Lieutenant, one of your favorite dudes. Yeah, I'm. I'm a Justin Verlander is now on the IL. He's no dude no more. Like He's that. a hurt dude all so, of a sudden. It, not yeah. loving that. It's, well, it's a decent transition, but for the audience that do, that doesn't know, Lieutenant Palumbo was a depressed, sad New York Mets fan. <laughs> was? And, How about is? Uh, it never ends. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> wrong word. I oh. said is. I didn't hear you. Oh, okay. That's on me. Hand up. Ending. He is a depressed New York Mets fan. And with all the injuries oh, yeah. and the curse and the you know how cursed the Mets are, what have you, <laughs> Lieutenant on opening day, even though even though the Mets won today. Yep. It doesn't matter. He's just not happy. So, Lieutenant, we will give you the floor for a few minutes to rant about your favorite new pitcher, Justin Verlander. I mean, my favorite new pitcher didn't even pitch, and he's yep. not going to pitch for any time soon. Who knows when? Who knows when? We've seen the same thing, bro. They did the same thing with the Grom last year. The same exact thing, where it's just like, and always the Mets, they announce the injuries, and then it's like, oh, yeah, like he also has this. What was it? Uh, Tamar? Tem- Temer? Temer. What is a Temer? Uh, I, I, don't I, know. I also don't. None know of us is. know. We're right, smart. Hold up, hold up, We're class hold up, acts. Hold up. Let me let me look this up. What is Terrace? Terrace Major Strength. Terrace Marshall. Terrace T E T E R E S. is Terrace Marshall? Oh, he was a receiver. Yeah, Why did I say Terrace you Marshall? Got Terrace Marshall Strength. <laughs> that was okay, pretty good, according, right? Yeah. According to the dictionary, give it in this to me, case, Oxford languages. Terrace, either noun, anatomy, either of two muscles passing below the shoulder joint from the scapula to the upper part of the humerus. So All right, is it on his throwing arm though, or uh, his left uh, arm? No one knows. Which did, which one was it? Let me let me check the Mets tweet. Also, while we're doing this, uh, speaking of dudes of the guys on the crew. One of Carm's dudes is also injured now. No. Wilson Contreras just took a oh, 103 mile an hour. Man. Jordan Hicks. See, that's what happens when you open your wait, mouth. Wait, 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 wait. That's what happens when you open your Lieutenant mouth. Be quiet. Yes. What, what happened? happened? Oh what happened gosh. was he took a uh, he took a 103 Jordan Hicks fastball off the kneecap. Luckily, that hurts. luckily he was wearing a knee pad. Thank goodness. But he had to be taken off. 
um, with some help, and now Andrew Neiser is in the game. And Jordan Hicks is a former Cardinal. And Jordan, well, Jordan Hicks is on the Cardinals right now. Did wait. you did you forget oh. that Wilson Contreras is on the Cardinals again? No, no, no. I, That's wait. incredible. No, I thought you meant that he was batting. Oh no. Oh, I see. He was receiving the ball from Jordan. Yeah, Hicks. he like he yanked it in, Yo, the, Carm, in the dirt. Yo, Carm. I hope this knee. works out for you, but I'm gonna dip. What a okay, way for Lieutenant okay, so the match, the Thank match, you, Lieutenant, for joining us. The Mets did not specify which Terrace Yeah, it no was. one knows. Yeah, so, yeah, so Contreras we, had to we be... We just uh, know, all we know... It's one of them. It's one of the Terraces. All we know is that Justin Verlander Terrace, strained his armpit. Ter- ter- Terrace know. I? Terrace so, I? Terrace Marshall. So, oh, and, and those are the last words of Lieutenant Palumbo. So, all we know is that Justin Verlander strained one of his armpits. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's one way to put it. Also, right, that's, also... That's, that's, that's the way it is. <laughs> also on the on the very next at bat after uh, Wilson Contreras got taken out, uh, Vladdy Guerrero uh, blooped a single into uh, shallow right field to score two runs, and the Blue Jays have just taken an eight seven lead on the uh, Cardinals. The, Thank you very the much. The way you described that hit made me think you were talking about his dad. Well, it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me because man, that guy could hit from anywhere and everywhere. But yeah, uh, a lot of baseball stuff. I mean, we can, we can transition into opening day right B- now. Uh, if we before want. you yeah. do, I just. I need I need a second for that news you just broke to me, okay? You, you need to uh, continue because to one Wilson Contreras is awesome. You were talking about him before the show. He's phenomenal. I love Incredible, the guy now. Remarkable, even classy guy, class act. Class but act. the first game he plays with the Cardinals and he bangs up his knee from his own pitcher. Yeah. It like Looks it went like off his kneecap the and cuts, went like. Carm? Yeah, it, it, like yeah. The, the pitch bounced off his kneecap and it went like halfway down the first base line. What? Ooh. Yeah. Oh my that, it, was, it was 103 miles an hour. I mean that that thing's gonna incredible. travel. Hopefully he's okay. Yeah, uh, he had, he had to be helped off. So then the backup catchers in the game. Uh, Andrew uh, uh, number seven. Andrew Kneiser. 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 Yes. Kneiser. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. Um, he's all right. It's Easy still for no you outs, to say. He's no Wilson Contreras. No, yeah. not even close. <laughs> yeah. Not even close. Yeah, so it's been it's been a very eventful opening day. I mean, the uh, wow, the Mets, the despite Mets. losing their uh, losing one of their best pitchers, they got a win over the Marlins on opening day. Um, let's see, it was Max Scherzer outdueled uh, Sandy Alcantara, the reigning NL Cy Young winner, went six innings, four hits, three earned runs, six strikeouts, uh, and then how did Alcantara do? He did he went five and a third, three hits, three runs, two strikeouts, Ooh, four not very walks, good. four walks, not a great not Ooh. a great start. Um. The Yankees they took down the Giants in pretty pretty uh, pretty statement fashion, five nothing. Aaron Judge in his first at bat went deep uh, for a home run. He, he did clobber. Sure, those, those Giants were looking pretty small, day Alex. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. Garrett Cole was awesome. Six innings, three hits, eleven strikeouts, most by a Yankee in on their opening day. I'm still not 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 over what you told me, Contreras. Yeah, no, oh. no. I, I believe Aaron Judge is on pace for 162 home runs. He is, yeah. That would definitely <laughs> surpass his total from last year, <laughs> <at> 62. <laughs> I don't um, respectfully. I don't think that's gonna happen. You never. Know. I don't either. But you I'm never just know. Saying, I'm just saying. He's the numbers tell you right now. You never know. The numbers uh, die. <laughs> another cool thing, Ron Marinaccio went two innings to close out that game. Nice so that to was see cool him for him. Back. Ronnie Meatballs, fresh out of uh, Tom's River, New Jersey. That's right. I forgot um, we called him that. <laughs> let's see. Also <laughs> among the winners, the Texas Rangers defeated the Philadelphia Phillies in a wild game. I mean, Sorry, that game Pete. Terrible. That game was Sorry, insane. Jay. Terrible. Pain. The Phillies got off to like a seven or, or they got off to like a, a five-run lead. Um, and then all of a sudden in the fourth inning, the Rangers scored nine runs. Um, Aaron Nola only went three and two-thirds innings, 
four hits, five runs, four strikeouts. Gregory Soto in his Phillies debut after being traded from Detroit in the offseason didn't even get an out. Two hits allowed, four runs, three earned, two walks. Uh, and then the scoring kind of slowed down after that. Connor Brogdon uh, led in two and uh, will end mop-up duty for Soto. And then Jacob DeGrom in his first outing in Texas really struggled. Also only went three and two-thirds, allowed five really? runs. Struck out seven, and then, yeah, a lot of... How did Nola do for Philadelphia? He wasn't great. He only went three and two-thirds He was well. He was wow. good up until, like, I believe it was the third inning, and then after that, he just kind of fell apart. Yeah, it's weird. It always feels like Nola is fine, like, the first time through the order, and then for some reason, it just falls apart after that. Yeah. And then in w- another another wild game, uh, the Orioles took down the Red Sox 10-9 to nine Let's in go. an AL East matchup. Kyle Gibson got the win, even though he was okay. I was very disappointed with the Orioles' offseason. He went... Five innings, six hits, four runs, uh, three strikeouts. Corey Kluber didn't look great. Boston's only when, pitching is still oh, a, no, it's a disaster. Wait, Corey Kluber plays for the Red Sox Corey now? Kluber plays for the Red Sox. Yep. And okay, so how many ALEs teams is that now? Uh, I, th- I think this is his. That's four, right? Is it, it's, uh, is it? No, it's his third. Third. He has yet to play for the Orioles and the Blue Jays. Who knows? Maybe he'll do that soon. How about uh, uh, Adley Rutschman? Oh, yeah. Oh my! Five, five for five. Five for five. Four RBIs. The one he hit home run absolutely crushed off a of Kluber. Uh, a you great know, I, day for him. He's I, making a case I for uh, the, best catcher in baseball over JT. Oh I, yeah. Well, it's it's only day one, but no, I, I know. I, I'm I saying got the pleasure of watching Adley Rushman in person last year, just after the All Star break, as a rookie, and he I I don't recall that he did super well in that game hitting wise, but. Against the Yankees, but he—you could tell looking at him at the plate—he just had a lot of promise. Very, I mean, he had a good year last year. A fun, yeah, he did have a good year. He, he he very, very year, locked yeah. in, very focused. Very, so. A very fun fact about Adley Rutschman: when he was at Oregon State, he was also their starting kicker, and he tackled Christian McCaffrey when they both, <laughs> when they both were in college. Wow! Not did he really? <laughs> yeah. Very, very fun fact. So see, Bo see, Jackson, see, but not look, exactly look Bo Jackson. Yeah. The, the, so you're telling me that this was a kicker? Yeah, in football. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he, he made a tackle on uh, on Christian McCaffrey, and now he's a catcher in Major League Baseball. Yeah, this is this is so. What what we're trying to say is kickers in the NFL, you got to step your game up. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> There's a new standard going. Uh, a new standard. Let's see, and some more East action. Probably the most hilarious match of the day when you're comparing lineups. The Braves uh, smacked down on the Nationals. Oh, the Nationals are a disaster. However, it wasn't completely uneventful because Max Freed got hurt covering first on a grounder. Of course yeah, he did. So he had to be taken out of the game. Yankee legend Lucas Lickie got the win with an inning in uh, relief duty. He's not a Yankee anymore? No, nah, he got DFA'd uh-huh. over the offseason. Would you gentlemen like to hear Justin Verlander's thoughts on his injury? I would love to hear I have the audio from SNY. I would love to hear Okay. It, wait. Is It's not muted. What's going on over here? Hmm. Uh well Isn't in the mean strange? in the meantime, um yeah that's strange oh uh, well strange. well that's S and Y they f- well just like the Mets they fall they fall they fall like a cheap I suit. blame the Wilpons once again for ruining things <laughs> well just like oh, the Mets they folded J- jumping Johnny H would call them the coupons yeah um, <laughs> so the would game, a friend of mine from Long Island also it looks like I'm um, I'm still watching this game with Matt Chapman up there's runners on first and third for the uh, Blue Jays it looks like. Jordan Hicks is about to get pulled, or at the le- at the very least, there's a mound visit going on right now in the top of the Sorry, eighth. What? We're in the top of the eighth? Oh, my yeah. goodness. This is a crazy game. Yeah, th- this has been a wild game. Uh, Alec Manoa and Miles Michaelis, the two opening day starters. Both Michaelis went, stinks. Mi- yeah, he, they, 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 they both only went three and a third. Uh, Michaelis allowed five hits and five runs. Miles on, Michaelis and for six you. strikeouts. Yep. Um, yep. And then Alec Manoa. 
allowed nine hits, five runs. So, I mean, a lot of these opening day starters haven't had a great day. Garrett Cole, of course, the exception because he's been excellent. Now, I, I have a question about Garrett Cole. Is it true that he cut off all his hair? He got a haircut. It's not. It's not all of it, but he definitely got a haircut. But like, shorter. It, there's none peeking out the bottom of his hat. No, yeah, that's what I. That's what wow. I can see at least. Yeah, very, very insane stuff. And look stuff. at that. Look at that. He comes out, doesn't allow a single run, gets 11 strikeouts, and n- no, no home runs like he was last year. Wow. It was the hair all along. Wow. It was. I mean, maybe maybe Steinbrenner was onto something wow. when he hated hair. <laughs> also, All it took was cutting off the hair, yeah, and becoming a real Yankee. My goodness. Also, the White Sox and the uh, the White Sox and the Astros have just started off. Uh, it's Jose Abreu's not return because it's played in Houston, but his oh, first game right. against oh, his go. former wait, wait. team. Oh, oh no! Yeah, Carm, oh, yeah. Carm is, oh, Carm's watching ooh. it on the TV. Oh, that, that, uh, oh, oh, that's horrible. He's yeah. watching Wilson Contreras ooh. get beamed in the knee on the TV. That's oh, that's terrible. Luis Robert already has a double off of Framber Valdez. His so reaction too is just horrific. Oh yeah, he had to be, he had to be helped off. Unfortunately, he signed a five-year, ninety million dollar contract. In, uh, Thanks for, for reminding me. Yeah. First game he plays, he gets banged up. Yeah, that's tough. The freaking Mets curse is translating over. And Adley Rutschman, like I, don't I said, think that, I don't think that's how that works. I hope not at least. <laughs> yeah, Adley Rutschman, like I said, had that monster home run, the first Orioles catcher to hit a home run on opening day since Matt Wieters in 2013. So ten years. That's apart. a lot. Wow. wow. Matt, Matt Wieters and, was. And, and we're, I, oh I think goodness. I think Adley Rutschman's going to turn out a lot better than Matt Wieters. <laughs> I, Matt Wieters was pretty good too. So this is oh, yeah, high not for the Orioles though, not not from what I remember. <laughs> yeah, and then they uh, let's see a couple more. And games. now they're showing Vladdy Guerrero's go ahead single. Yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily Jordan Hicks did get out of the inning, so it's still eight seven. But uh, yeah, a couple more games that went underway today: Brewers and Cubs. Uh, Marcus Stroman had a pretty good outing on opening day. Want to want to tell him what else he did today, Alec? What else did he do today? Well, didn't he only have the first pitch clock violation of the pitch clock era? You're right, he did. I yeah. thought it was Stroman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh you said Stroman. Stroman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Marcus Stroman, even though he had that violation, he still outdueled Corbin Burns. Burns only went five innings, four runs, four hits, three strikeouts. Stroman went six innings, three hits, no runs, eight strikeouts. So, great day for him. If Chicago mm. wins today and my team does not, I'm going to be very. <laughs> Upset. Carm, I'm, Carm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to be a happy man. Carm, I I have news for you. This might shock you. Now what? It's game one of a 162 game season. Yes, Jake. I know. <laughs> but at the same time, any day the Cubs win is a bad day. It's a I, very bad I, day. I I do not agree. Personally. If the Cubs win at all, it's a very bad day. Also, we uh, I, the Cubs I lose. must make a lot of days I, I good days for you then, because the Cubs I, don't win that often. That's true. <laughs> I, I, exactly. I personally do not agree. I've been to the friendly confines of Wrigley Field, and those people were pretty nice. I, I, I would like to see the Cubs win for those guys. <laughs> also, we're, we're going all over the place right now. We just got some wrestling news uh, for wrestling Rutgers. News. Uh, oh. It's being reported right now that Rutgers landed Connor Harrer. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, a two-time Pennsylvania State champion. And the 2023 NHSCA Junior National Champion for the Class of 24, the number four overall uh, prospect at 150 pounds. At a where? At a where in Pennsylvania? Uh, I'm not sure actually. I gotta check that. But yeah, a big get for Rutgers wrestling. We're kind of going all over the place right now. So I don't know much about him. That's that's an R.J. Silver Cohen question. And oh, R.J. is from my uh, my hometown. You kidding me? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's with from us Cherry Hill. Oh wow, wow. Class act. <laughs> Class act. Yes, but, he is. Um. That's more more of an RJ Q and A.
But for, but what he told me is that they've been getting a lot of guys they're trying to keep in New Jersey or they're trying to get guys from Pennsylvania, what have you. That seems to be a great move. Now, we'll see where it goes, obviously, but that's a great pickup after losing Heilman, after having some guys now, you know, you know, graduate, and you have guys like Dean Peterson and Brian Soldano who had phenomenal seasons as freshmen this year. Soldano a team leading eight pins. Peterson with 25 wins this year. Peterson went the farthest in the national tournament for any of the seven Scarlet Knights that competed two weeks ago in Tulsa. So that's a good pickup, and it makes Rutgers younger and stronger. Very yeah. good move. Yeah, Soldano as a freshman had a had a great season. A couple of electric moments. In the national they, tournament, they both had b- huge, oh yeah, upset wins, yeah, against two Big Ten guys. And her is—I still don't know if I'm saying that name right. Uh, he's from Montgomery, Pennsylvania, so okay. I- I'm sure I'll be hearing his name a lot more. Thank goodness, because he looks—he's aw- 136 and five in his high school career. That's wow. that's great. That's yeah. phenomenal. Big get for uh, Coach Goodale. Yeah, we're going all over the place right now. I mean, you want to talk about baseball? I, I, I'm down to talk let's about do whatever. It because we mentioned Rutgers men's and women's lacrosse, and let's touch about them a little bit because uh, they're coming off a tough loss to the Ohio State Buckeyes to kick off Big Ten play. That's a big game on Saturday this week versus Johns Hopkins. Now, Rutgers might have beaten Johns Hopkins pretty convincingly last year, but Rutgers all-time versus the Blue Jays are 9-35 and all-time versus Johns Hopkins. Not a good all-time record. And for Rutgers, they're going to be on the road this year there. They played them last year on the road, I believe, uh, uh, or or rather two years ago. And I believe they won, if my memory is correct. But they played them also in the semifinals that same year of the Big Ten tournament and did not do too well. So uh, it's a big matchup. And for a Rutgers team that was number six in, in the nation, 7-1, big win versus Princeton, huge win versus uh, the Greyhounds of Loyola, Maryland back in February to get them back in the conversation of top 10. Um, you know, it's a it's a big, big game for this team. And keep in mind, they got Johns Hopkins this weekend, they got Michigan next week, Maryland next week, Penn State in-state college to end the regular season. So if they lose this game, they're guaranteed to go 2-3 and three at best. Maryland's great. Rutgers usually has a tough time versus Maryland. Rutgers has never beaten Maryland as a Big Ten program. Rutgers hasn't beaten Maryland since 1980. It's been that long. And Maryland always has their heyday over the Skull all night, sadly. But I think if they're able to win this game, it makes up for the tough loss in Columbus this past weekend. We forget about that. And if they can finish at least 3-2 and two by the time we, re- we reach the Big Ten tournament in conference play, it'll be a good year for Rutgers. And if they can make a run again to a Big Ten title game, they'll be in prime position come national tournament time. Not just them. Rutgers women's lacrosse is also playing in uh, Maryland against Johns Hopkins on Saturday. So it's the women at around 11 or 12 a.m., and then you have the men at three, I believe, all in Baltimore. And and for the women, great 3-0 start, but they've really struggled as of late. They've lost five of their last six. They're 0-2, I believe, so far in conference play. This is a big, huge game versus John Hopkins where their last game was not a pretty one. They played Michigan in Ann Arbor and lost 14-4. to It was not a good luck. If you put up four goals in, in college lacrosse and lose – 14 to 4 to Michigan. Not really a pretty sight. So, hopefully they'll bounce back. It's a big game for both of those teams and it's a big week for, you know, these teams in Big 10 play. We have three teams playing three huge Big 10 games 
or series per se because baseball of course has a series so you know we'll see where it goes it's a big deal for all these teams it's it's really the beginning of the height of the year for these spring sports and if Rutgers men's and women's lacrosse and if Rutgers baseball can take at least two or three from these Big Ten rivals they should be in good shape in general and hopefully it pushes them even farther to a lot of success come May and June yeah it's uh it's a big weekend for the spring sports I mean this is this is kind of like that turning point in the season where the Big Ten schedule is really starting to ramp up. Yeah. Uh, for for lacrosse and baseball on both sides, um, so this is when this is when a lot of these teams are going to have to you know really get it together and see what their season's going to look like coming, going forward. I mean, baseball uh, we already talked about them. They were unfortunately snubbed from the NCAA tournament yeah. last year. Uh, lacrosse, men's lacrosse, all made it all the way to the Final Four. Uh, women's lacrosse didn't make it that far, but still had a very good year. Yeah. So. This well, is going to be the turning point of the season. Women's lacrosse's schedule does, does not get easier because they got John Hopkins this weekend. They got Northwestern next week on Thursday. So, guys, we'll be preempted next Thursday because of women's lacrosse. Uh, uh, they're also playing Stony Brook on the 12th, who, they, who they've lost to two straight years in the national tournament out on Long Island. Um, you know, it's been really tough for them as of late, and these games don't get easier for them. They're also playing the Ohio State Buckeyes later that month. Um, they got some big games in general. J- uh, James Madison comes to town to end the regular season, and then the Big Ten tournament, you know. So it's going to be a really, really, you know, tough look and tough schedule for them in April. The question is, can they handle the pressure, and can they get that started versus John Hopkins, where they've had success against them in, in the past. That needs to continue if if they want to salvage this part of the season to push a run in the near future. And again, the same for the men. The men got to be John, Johns Hopkins to salvage this portion of the year. I mean, it's it's only one loss. It's a tough loss. It's not a pretty loss. You were down 7-2 when you lost 11-7 out in Columbus. But if you can bounce back and still finish over 500 in Big Ten play and make somewhat of a run in the uh, Big Ten tournament, uh, Big Ten tournament, before the Nationals come around, it'll still be a solid regular season, and you have some pretty good wins. You've got a win, let's say, versus John Hopkins, maybe versus Michigan, maybe versus Penn State. You've got one versus Princeton. You beat a top-five team at one point. Uh, you know, you beat a pretty good Stony Brook team that gave you a good run to begin with. So, you know, it should be intriguing to see where it goes, but this weekend really could be the, you know, the real uh, the real driving point for what happens going forward because if they go 0-2, might be tough in general in April and May. If they win this game, that's going to push them in the right direction to get back on track in Big Ten action and eventually make the desirable runs they hope to make to a second straight Final Four. Yeah, and I was in the—I uh, actually drove up to Connecticut for that Final Four. It was a great environment, yeah. minus the you know storm that delayed the game by three, three hours. and a half hours. Yeah, that was that was a fun day. Um, if my memory's right, Jake, you were here for that production, weren't you? Uh, the lacrosse Final yeah, Four. Yeah, Final Four. Oh yeah! Weren't you uh, here for that three and a half hour I, delay? I was here for that. Brett Brett Hahn and I, Coach Hon, shout out Coach Hahn. We were both <laughs> in here for that production. Um, I believe you called in during the halftime. I did. From, uh, yeah, I, I also from, called in. You you called him. You Carm, you called him from Long Island, right? I did. I was on Alec, Long Island. You called him from the parking lot. I did play. I did call him from the parking <laughs> lot. We, we also we also had Eddie uh, interview his dad. Oh wow! We had Brett interview his buddy who played lacrosse. Um, it was uh, it was wild. I tell you, but that that's a great way to fill content. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was very interesting. I feel like one thing that we that that 
we've had this year. It feels like we've been spoiled by goaltending play because Colin Kirst left after last year. And not to say it's been bad, but it has not been at the elite level that Colin Kirst but was at. But it's improved in March. Yeah, it it's definitely improved. has. Despite Sunday, he's uh, Kyle Mullen has done very, very well this month, especially versus the likes of Princeton, UMass, um, you know, some of these other games, St. John's, Utah. He had a very, very. He's had a very, very good month so far. And that game versus the the Greyhounds, that was a great statement win for him to show that he can be the top guy between the pipes. Also, I, I hate to cut you off, Carm, but uh, we have an update on the uh, on the Cardinals game that you're just about to see right now. Nolan Arenado just doubled to bring home Lars hey, Newbar hey. and Paul Goldschmidt off Yumi oh, Garcia. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's phenomenal. So he just took the lead right back in the bottom of the eighth. So we'll probably see Ryan Hillsley try to close out that game. Oh, he's great. Big rally for the uh, for the Cardinals. Big, Lars, ra- big rally in the Battle of the Birds. Yeah, Lars Newbar singled, and then uh, oh, whoa, that Brendan was, Donovan uh, just tried to bunt and popped out. Ugly bunt. Trying to move along, trying to move along uh, Arenado to, to third, but yeah. But I'm very happy that Nolan did that. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, so a uh, big, uh, big baseball stuff happening right now. Yeah, Ryan Helsley's electric. That guy throws a 104 like it's nobody's business. He's great. Yeah, we're we're going all over the place right now. It's like it's like a it's like a, a whole this rapid is, fire segment before rapid fire is even gotten. Well, there. we do have rapid fire in a few minutes, believe it or not. Yeah, we do, and it feels like we've been rapid firing for the past like thirty minutes too. Um, yeah, it's been. Uh, you, you guys have been rapid firing. I'm tired. Yeah, tired. it's It's been a very it's been a very long day. Uh, oh, nice catch. Yeah, it's been a it's been a it's very it's been a very interesting day, all over the place. I mean, we got some big news regarding the WRC Targum game. We talked about that in hour one. Uh, it's opening day, best day of the year in my opinion. I, I don't just yeah some wild games also um oh apparently just apparently Nizer just tried to bunt as well so that was interesting the Cardinals are trying to play some small ball I don't understand why yeah Nizer just tried to bunt and the same exact why thing not? happened it's funny yeah Nizer just tried to bunt and the same exact thing happened yeah but or wait this, maybe I'm behind you're in a situation where you need to build upon the lead you're up by a slim one run margin get Arenado in with a base hit at least yeah now Nolan I, warms I up. think baseball would be better if every team just tried to do funny things for every game I, be, I know, agree I wish the but entire, not in the eighth inning I wish the entire MLB no, could no, become especially the especially in the eighth inning <laughs> I, I wish the entire MLB could, could become the Savannah Bananas because I love that team <laughs> Savannah Bananas. I, ne- oh, yeah, I never heard of them before. They're like an independent you? league team. They're basically like, remember Bill Vick, the, the guy who had all the gimmicks way back when? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, he's basically like a modern, like like the Savannah Bananas are basically a modern day Bill Vick experiment. I see. It, it's a lot of fun. Interesting. Yeah, so. Uh, Jake, ooh, Jake, a lot of Jake stuff. your point is that yes, I'm old and I do live under a rock. <laughs> and that, and, and that, that I'm an uncultured swine. Not I was too. not gonna say that. Oh, I, am, I, I wasn't gonna say that. That that that's rather harsh. I am though, and I'm cultured swine. I mean, if you're okay calling yourself that, I am. <laughs> I am one. I've got no taste in culture today. I'm stuck in the seventies, sixties, fifties, even forties, maybe. Also, Nolan Gorman just walked, so Jordan Walker's up now. I have that guy on my fantasy team. Come on, we had our uh, we had Fanny. our W we had our WRSU fantasy league draft Bruce last Bochy? night. Bruce Bochin is that, is that the manager of the Rangers? Yeah, he got hired in the offseason. Yes. You gotta be kidding me! Yeah. I thought he retired. He unretired. He, he retired for a little bit, but yeah, then he unretired. He he, de- he he decided he didn't want to be retired anymore. Wow. Yeah. yeah, we had our WRSU fantasy baseball draft last night. The first like pick that <laughs> that really angered a lot of people is when Tyler Levy drafted Adley Rutschman because I think everyone else was trying to go for him, including me. Um, but my team's solid. Dennis, I- I'm going against Dennis right now. And Dennis and I are in an absolute barn burner where the score is 24-21. Um, some of the other matchups that are going on right now, like 
Josh Myers has 128 points, and Dennis and I have a combined 45. How does Josh Myers have 128 points That's on a really opening good day? Um, Garrett Cole okay. and Shane oh. McClanahan both had great outings along with Logan Webb. So he's being carried by his pitching. Got it. Uh, David Bednar also uh, locked down a win for the for the Pirates. Um, so, so question, because I don't know how fantasy baseball works. Is it? Do you play a fantasy game every single day? I think it's every week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, it's it's a whole week. It's mon- usually Monday to Sunday. It's the whole week. You can change your players every day. Do whatever. Yeah. That, I that, didn't. I didn't know you were such an expert, Carm. Because I I've done fantasy baseball years ago. I haven't done it in a, in, a, in a long time. But this, th- yeah. that that is a surprise to me. Yeah. No, it's 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 not bad. Dennis drafted a very interesting team. His catcher is Cal Raleigh. Uh, his first baseman is Vinny Pasquantino, who went 0 for 3 with a walk. Uh, he, he also drafted Gunnar Henderson and Bobby Witt. He's got a lot of youth, but he also got Mookie Betts, Chris Bryant, Taylor Ward, Dansby Swanson, of course, for his Cubs. Uh, he, he's got a very interesting team, I will say that. So, I mean, yeah, a lot, I, of, a I, lot of fun stuff going on. I guess on. before we wrap up this segment and officially transition into, I guess, whatever rapid fire maybe, is going to become. Maybe rapid fire. <laughs> whatever rapid fire is going to become yeah. for today's crew. How about we give our picks for uh, the division winners this year? Our opening idea. day picks. It's great idea. Bad idea. It's a great idea. I guess I'll go first. Go ahead. Uh, so, of course, in the A East, I got my New York Yankees. I mean, I think not even biased. I think they're the best team in the division Top to bottom, especially. Anybody I, think I think it's going to be close between them and Toronto. It'll be close. I, yeah. I, I I agree. I think the Yankees have the edge in the yeah. AL East. I think they win it by like two or three games. Um, and then in the Central, I think it's going to be Cleveland again because yeah. the White Sox are would be if they were Frauds. in any other any if they were in any other division they would be last minus maybe the NL Central, um, in my opinion at least. Th- they're they're frauds. Yeah, no, they're, they're they're not good. No, and, yeah, they're not. I good. think I agree. Minnesota. They're going to be close. I think they'll make a wild card spot. Depend. Yeah. Um, Depends if their that, pitching that, can really back them up. Bold, that might be a bit of a bold prediction. Yeah. That is a bold prediction, yeah. but it um, could happen. And then in the West, I got the Astros, but much closer than people think. And I do think, I said this yesterday on crew, I think the Mariners upset the Astros in the playoffs to avenge for their loss last year. Really? That could be possible. Uh, I would love to see that. And then in the NL East, I got the Atlanta Braves. Um, yeah. And then in the Central, I got the St. Louis Cardinals. If yes, sir. If their rotation can hold up. Because that team is pretty good everywhere else except for the rotation. You're not wrong. Uh, and then in the West, I mean, I it's, uh, I got the Padres. I mean, the Dodgers, they're still good, but they're not as good. They lost some pieces and mm-hmm. didn't do a lot to, you know, you replace th- them. Wait, you think the Padres are, are going to win the division? I do think so. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, honestly, Alec, your your picks are basically the same as my picks other than the NL Central. I got the I got the Cubs uh, eking out. That's a, now, that's a bold test. I, that, well, that's so very bold. I think the NL Central is going to be very, very close this year between the Cubs, Brewers, and Cardinals. I think the Cubs will just barely edge it out. They have a really, I think they have a really not. good hitting core this year. Uh, They're pitching it's it's going to be a lot that. of shootouts in those NL Central games. Oh, let sure. Me tell you. Uh, and I think I think in a shootout, the Cubs probably win those games. But other than that, I, I agree with all your picks, really. I think the AL East will be close between the Yankees and the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are very talented all over. And the Yankees, while still very talented, are in a bit of a transitional period. They're kind of in a reloading year, you know. Probably trying to offload some old stars while bringing in some of the young guys, you know, like Cabrera, Peraza, Volpe, maybe even Jason Dominguez at some point. Um, but, I mean, at, at for the AL Central, the, that's that's Cleveland's division to lose. Uh, same with the AL West, the Astros' division to lose. Um, 
for the NL East, I would pick the Mets if not for the horrible injuries to start the year and the fact that they haven't shown me that they can play, you know, amazing ball within the last few weeks of September. <laughs> so I, I need to see that first. I know they're a really good, really talented team, but the problem is I can't pick you win the division if you don't win when it matters most. Everything they touch turns to garbage. Not gold. Uh, garbage. I don't know about garbage. It's up there. It's I don't up about there. garbage. Well, well, they're cursed, obviously. Um, There's something. And then, and then I agree with Padres for the NL West. I think, I think it's going to be close. But the Padres have been kind of loading. We're kind of loading up this off season. Yeah, that's fair. And the the Dodgers, they 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 lost some key pieces. They're still good, obviously, like you said, Alec. But I think the Dodgers. Uh, they're still going to make the playoffs as a wild card for sure, um, but I, I I think this might be a bold prediction. I think uh, Juan Soto wins the NL MVP this year. That would be very interesting. That is to see. bold. That Padres team, man, they could be really good. What they about, could. What about you, Carm? Uh, well, the AL Yankees, Cleveland, Houston. No, it's no, kind of predictable. No, at this no, point. no questions about it. Those wild card teams, though, Minnesota. I don't see Minnesota getting it. I don't. I mean, it's possible, but if you look at it in general, I mean, Tampa will get in, Seattle will get in. I don't in. know about Tampa. I think the Orioles might beat them uh, for that wild card. The spot. thing is, though, is that, I mean, t- Tampa's not stable, but they're more stable than Baltimore, and that definitely proved last year. Yeah, but that was definitely Baltimore proven last is more, year. Baltimore, I think, is more talented, at least hitting-wise. That might be, but the pitching staff is not all there for Baltimore. Well, nor that, that's, nor, that's, nor that's is it for side. Tampa Bay. Nor is it for Tampa Bay, but it's more consistent to a certain extent to get them in mm-hmm. the postseason, you know? So I, I, I see Tampa and Seattle being those two wild cards. And well, then for the three thir- wild cards. Yeah, exactly. That that third wild card. Um maybe maybe Minnesota. If Chicago if the White Sox could get their act together, which is debatable, not maybe dumb. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably Minnesota. I, I think Baltimore. Or Baltimore. I, I think Baltimore. Or Baltimore. I don't know. What about what about your NL picks? Oh, why am I... F- no, what, what am I talking about? Toronto will get in. Oh, right, right. <laughs> so, Toronto, Seattle, Tampa again. Okay. I th- it'll be the same six same, again. Same six as yeah. last year. What about your NL picks? Uh, NL, uh, my cards, obviously. I think my cards will definitely win it. Um, the West, I think, I, think, I, think the, I think the Dodgers will hold on. I think San Diego will give them a good run for the money. It, it's going to be really close. But the Dodgers, at least in the regular season, have the experience to take care of business. And I think they'll be able to hold on, win that division. And honestly, let's say these two teams meet up again for a second straight year in the postseason. I think San Diego could beat them again. But when it comes to 162, the regular season, the Dodgers will win the NL West again. I think that's going to happen. For the East, it's more challenging. I'm really tossing a coin between Atlanta and Philadelphia. Because... Yes, there's no Reese Hoskins, and maybe he might not play this year, and what have you. He's not playing this year. Yeah, he well, not at all, not at all. But I think the Phillies in general, with the run they made and with how much they got, you know, you know Trey Turner and what have you, I think it's definitely going to pay off. Atlanta's a good team, but we saw in the postseason, Reese Hoskins or not, Philadelphia whooped them. Philadelphia whooped them apart, and I know you know they're not going to win every game and every series versus the Braves, but I think at the end of the day, the Phillies finally have the pieces to get over Atlanta's hump in the regular season at least, and now that Dancy Swanson is gone, I think in general, you know, that, that will definitely, uh, you know, that will, you know, turn things around. 
Also, uh, we I have another update for you on this before wild... Before you do, before you do, my answer to the East is Philadelphia. Interesting. Interesting. Right. Right. I don't think my I agree with the, that. My, my, my answer is Philadelphia, but I would not be surprised if Atlanta does win it. See, I, I don't I don't have the Phillies making the playoffs. Interesting. Oh, I wouldn't no, I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, before we go to break, I have another update on this uh, on this wild, wild Cards Blue Jays game that's currently happening right now. Oh, now what? This is this um, is what I mean oh, by a shootout th- for I every, every NL yeah, Central game. Yeah, you're just game. about to see it. So Kevin or Whit Merrifield walked, and then Kevin Kiermaier singled him over to uh, Kevin Kiermaier is now in Toronto. Yeah, signed with him wow. in the offseason. Yeah, uh, Kevin why, Kiermaier just singled him over. Why do the Blue Jays yeah. and the Rays always have to have a center fielder that just gets on my nerves? <laughs> well, Kiermaier was on the Rays, so yeah, that's what. I mean. But yeah. Um, yeah, so now George Springer's up with uh, first and third no outs. Oh, lovely. In the top of the ninth with Helsley on the mound. But with that, we'll go to a, a quick break. And on the other side, we'll have a rapid fire for our final segment of the WRSU crew. You're listening to The Crew on 88.7 WRSU FM New Brunswick or online at WRSU.org. What a guy, Billy Joel. What a guy indeed. From Long Island, 15 minutes away from my hometown. I'm from Massapequa. He's from Hicksville. Anyway, here we are for the final nine minutes or so on the crew. Rapid fire time after a rapid fire second hour to begin with. But let's get right to it. We did miss something. Jake did point us out. The Sacramento Kings are making the playoffs this year for the first time in 17 years. Is that 2006. Wow. That was the That's last insane. time we saw Sacramento in the NBA they will playoffs. Be playing, Light the beam, baby. They will be playing for an NBA title. For the first time in almost two decades and in this they're season. Good. It's not like they're sneaking in either. I they're believe they're the two seed right now. Are they really uh, in the West? I, I, two or three. I, I, watched, uh, I watched them play the Knicks earlier this year, and they were really, really Sacramento good. Sacramento is De'Aaron a good team. Fox is killing yeah, it. Their, DeMonte Sabonis is excellent. Sabonis is amazing. He Keegan, was amazing in, in, in Indiana, and he's yeah. even more amazing in Sacramento. I mean, Keegan Murray set the, uh, the rookie three-pointer record uh, just a couple days ago. Wow. And also, while we were at the break, uh, the uh, the Blue Jays tied the game. The Blue Jays tied the game, and it looks like they're going to take the lead now. Lol. They and just took the lead. It's now 10-9 on no. a Bobochet fielder's this choice. This is what oh, I mean when I say every NL Central game is going to be an absolute barn burner. Anyway. Oh, yeah, it oh, looks like oh, Helsley just blew oh, the Oh, I save. know it is, but this is an AL East versus <laughs> they're, playing the a- they're playing a team from the AL East. And there's, uh, there's so something else we missed. you should be getting blown out is what I'm saying. Well, yeah. there's hmm. something else we missed. The, uh, the Yankees made a trade on opening day. You're kidding it's, me. We thought that this was going to happen. They left that last roster spot in the bullpen open. They acquired right-handed pitcher Colton Brewer from the Tampa Bay Rays in, in exchange for cash considerations. Goodbye, Everybody's cash favorite considerations. player, cash considerations. We hardly knew ye. And I, <laughs> uh, during the break, I was looking at Colton Brewer, uh, and I'm not sure how I feel about this because I'm looking at his baseball savant page. It's a lot of blue, and blue's not good. Uh, he has a high—well, this is from 2020, by the way. He, he's barely even pitched uh, in, the, in the majors since since 2020. Uh, in 2021, he he appeared in one game, uh, pitched one inning, and allowed uh, four runs. So that's not great. Um, he's in the very very low percentiles for in terms of like getting hit hard. So he allow he 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 gets hit hard a lot. So I don't really know what to expect from this. Well, I I can tell you exactly what to expect from this. So you can expect one of two things, considering this is the Yankees and this is some no name relief pitcher that nobody's ever heard of before until uh, not even yet because. Uh, we actually have to see him pitch first. Of him from five minutes ago. So, so uh, 
Oh Here, here's what to expect. He's either going to come out for like five relief appearances. He's going to give up like ten runs across those five relief appearances and the fans are going to call for his head. Or he's going to become the next Mariano Rivera and he's going to become the closer for the season. That's yeah. what this means. Um, so again, <laughs> it means he'll be great or he'll be a failure. Oh, oh! I That's think it. Helsley just... I liked my description a little better, but yes. I, I think the Blue Jays just took the lead. <laughs> they did. Um, they already have the lead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So basically what you're saying is he's either going to be Andrew Haney or Clay Holmes. Uh, yes. That's, Shout out that's Andrew that's Haney, exactly. by the way, for that one outing he had against Boston where he threw seven shutout innings. I mean, that that was the most unbelievable thing I'd ever seen. Uh, another thing that we missed... That's a Yankee? That, yeah. I don't believe you. That, oh, that, no. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, okay, good. Okay, so sorry, I'm watching the Cardinals yeah. at the same time, and I almost passed out. Yeah, so the, uh, the the Blue Jays are up one going to the bottom of the ninth, so that's going to be very very interesting to watch. The Blue Jays have 19 hits, and the Cardinals have 15. That's insane. And the Blue Jays have an error today too. Yeah. Oh, it was a sack fly by Vlad Guerrero. That's yep. how they scored that run to take the lead. Yep. Uh, another thing that we missed that broke during the airing of Crew, Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic, will sign a long term deal with the school after the Final Four, and they've also the school has also. Dedicated ten million to upgrading the facilities. Wow! So he's not going anywhere. Wow! Well, good That's for phenomenal. them. I mean, they they have a chance going into uh, going into Saturday's game to and and potentially if they win Saturday's game, going into Monday's game to become the lowest seeded team to ever win the national championship at as at, at a nine seed. Um, Previously, well, currently, the lowest-seeded team to ever win the national championship is my Villanova Wildcats of 1985. So I, I obviously wasn't around to see that one, but yeah, uh, when they when they took down jo- Pat Ewing led Georgetown Ahoyas. So yeah, uh, that was the upset of all upsets, coached by Rolly Massimino, R.I.P. Yeah, I'll tell you Rest in much. peace to great Rolly Massimino, who's great. Massimino, <laughs> yeah, you're right, yeah. FAU's run is remarkable. And I, I want to say this now. Expect an all Florida uh, n- uh, national championship. I think game. so too. Miami, I, I think and, so Miami, too. and FAU. And you know that's going to be the matchup. You know, and Miami's going to win. You know, you know what could happen? The uh, the conference USA of all conferences has a chance to become the first conference ever to win the three tournaments in men's basketball. Because either UAB or North Texas will win tonight the, for the NIT. And Charlotte, they're both in CUSA. Yeah, Charlotte won the CBI, and now Florida Atlantic has a chance. Uh, to win the uh, national championship, the national oh championship. that's incredible. And if that happen, and if that national championship happens, it'll also be another uh, Florida team winning the national title because Nova Southeastern won the D two title. So I mean, really, basketball. Hey, y- you know what? You know what? Though I got UAB winning tonight. It's their year. <laughs> yeah. Well, they should have made the national tournament. Lo- they probably should have. And same with North Texas. Honestly, Grant McCaslin's probably headed to Texas Tech. Uh, another thing that that came out today: Ace Baldwin, the star point guard. Uh, from VCU, entered the transfer portal. He may head to Penn State with Mike Rhodes, his coach. Uh, Penn State currently has three scholarship players right now, as it stands. Wow. They'll get more. Micah, I'm assuming, Micah ditched them. Yeah, well, I'm Micah assuming... Micah said, give me the money, see you later. Yeah, I'm assuming they're going to get a lot from VCU, including probably Baldwin. Yeah, um, I, would, I would think. And Micah Shrewsbury's son, Braden, he's a, he was supposed to commit this year, uh, asked out of his national letter of intent, he'll probably head off to Notre Dame with his of dad. Course. So, yeah, Penn State's down to three scholarship players as it stands I just right want to say, and I will be saying this again and again and again, I will forever be heartbroken that Micah Strewsbury left me in the Big Ten Conference. He couldn't, handle, he couldn't handle the heat, so he had to get out of the he kitchen. He couldn't. I just, I just asked a simple question. Look, Coach, there's some it, you know, problems with the fouls. How do you fix it? I keep sending the clips. It's not working. Jalen Pickett never gets fouled. 
never but, gets fouled. But I will say this for him: I'm 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 happy for him that he got the contract. I'm very because he's he's a heck of a coach in all sincerity. He's a phenomenal coach, and the fact that he turned Penn State in a span of not even, like two three weeks into a NCAA team that won a game. Kudos to Michael Strewsbury. Yeah. Also, kudos to very him. strange also, parasocial relationship with this man. I gotta say, he's also, a great guy. We got we only have like two minutes left, so we got we got we got a couple more things. So uh, or just one last thing. So NHL Rangers Devils huge game happening What's tonight. The score? Devils are up two nothing at the end of the first. Uh, wow. Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer had a beautiful power play goal, and Eric Halla had the uh, had the second. Who's goal. in net for the Rangers? Shesterkin, uh, I would think. Right? I believe it. Yeah, Shesterkin. So he's oh, like, hey, you know what? You know we're we're no. midway. Hey, we're almost there. To you know what time it is. You know what time it almost is? What? Four past Igor. Love you, John. Four, four past Igor. Love you, Johnny. I, I no. Hey, and and Vanacek and goal for the Devils. You better VTech Vanacek yourself before you VTech Vanarek yourself. <laughs> I like that one. Although I was out there on Long Island for the game this past uh, Monday, they, that, that was not. That was bad. It was <laughs> that bad. was not good. They should have had seven goals, Devils. Yeah. They should have scored was... like seven times. Sorokin was phenomenal. He was really good. But the Devils shot themselves in the foot so many times to blow that game. It was unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe my eyes. It was that bad. Yeah. But if they win tonight, that that's a big deal. That's that a huge be. deal. If they lose, the Rangers will be tied with them. New Jersey will fold not just with Carolina, please, but Devils, with their Hudson please rivals. Lose. Please lose, Devils. They would fold also with their Hudson River rivals, too. Who knows? Mark Messier might have guaranteed it. I I will take that Mark Messi Mark Messier guarantee for a thousand, Alex. We'll see where it goes. But with that, we'll step aside. That's all for the Thursday crew. Alec Krathamel, Jake Maystell, Pete Pete Cudahy, and Dave Palumbo with us before. I'm Alex Carbonati saying so long for now. Next up in a few seconds, Richard Skelly, Low Budget Blues on 88.7 FM WRSU FM New Brunswick. Also online at wrsu.org.